Salam Alaikum, dear brothers and sisters. After the release of the video Undeniable Proof of the Prophet's Greatness, we received a lot of emails where people expressed their gratitude for such joyful news, for being notified about the conference which our Prophet, peace be upon him, spoke about. As a matter of fact, this conference became an uplifting, inspiring moment for people and kindled hope in people's hearts. On March 20th, 2021, a momentous event took place. For the first time in history, a conference was held where people of different religion and nationality voiced the truth that God is one. While all the separation of our mankind have been made artificially, the time of the truth has come. For the truth is one for all. International Conference, Creative Society, What the Prophets Dreamed Of. More than 45 languages of simultaneous interpretation. Nearly nine hours of live broadcasting. Thousands of platforms and online broadcasts. People themselves made it possible. There were also quite a lot of emails with just words, kind and warm words. Thanks a lot to everyone. Yet there were also several emails where people expressed their misunderstanding. If we put all these separate pieces together, we actually get two questions that, inshallah, we will answer in this video. The first question sounds as follows. What 6,000 years of deception and hypocrisy are you talking about if 1,400 years ago Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, brought the truth, that is, Islam was given? 6,000 years is a period during which the consumer society has been existing. Precisely 6,000 years ago, humanity transitioned from a creative society to a consumer society. So it is exactly the moment when power emerged, when the first politicians and the first priests appeared. Humanness has disappeared. I'll give you a figurative example for understanding. Let's take the entire humanity as one person. 6,000 years ago, this man, meaning our humanity, got off the firm ground into a swamp and bogged down in it. At those moments, when the man's life was hanging by a thread, Allah the Almighty sent the prophets. He sent messengers who brought the truth. If we continue with our analogy, the prophets, in this case, were people who stood on the firm shore and handed out a stick to this man who was mired in the swamp, who was already drowning, who was being sucked by the swamp, by all this mud. In this case, 
the stick may be associated with knowledge, that knowledge thanks to which the man could have gotten out of all this. However, the problem is that over time the knowledge was twisted and altered, and religions were established on its basis, religions as institution of control over humanity, and everything began anew. So in this chain of prophets, the final prophet was Muhammad, peace be upon him, the seal of the prophets, the last prophet. And unfortunately, over time, the same story happened to the knowledge conveyed through the last prophet, peace be upon him, just as to all the previous ones. An institution of control was basically established, and that single truth which had been given from the single source was fragmented and substantially distorted. If we look at present-day Islam, again, the single knowledge, the single essence which was given, it is actually fragmented. Nowadays, we can see that there are over 70 branches in Islam, which oppose and fight against each other. Hence, Islam has also been divided. In fact, this is a beginning of the answer to the second question, that sounds approximately as follows. What purification are you talking about? Islam doesn't have to be purified. In Islam there is the Quran and the Sunnah, and while other religions should be purified, Islam is the straight path. Certainly, that Islam, which was brought by Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the straight path. As for the Quran and the Sunnah, answering this part of the question, let me refer to historical facts which our Muslim brothers have sent to our email. Those brothers who began to study this issue in a really comprehensive way. In this regard, information is very interesting. Well, at least it has become interesting to me regarding how the Quran is actually interpreted to us. First of all, how it is translated, then how it is interpreted. And basically, again, there are several facts of how the Quran itself was written. As a matter of fact, it was written 20 years after the Prophet Muhammad left this earthly life. In other words, 20 years passed after the Prophet, peace be upon him, had left, and afterwards a decision was made to compile the Quran in a single code, which was entrusted to Zayd ibn Thabit, when he began to resist, saying, how can I do what Allah's Messenger himself didn't do? Abu Bakr and Umar told him that it's a good deed. Subsequently, under Zayd ibn Thabit's leadership, the first two initial versions of the Quran were compiled. That is, the Quran was composed as a single document, and Zayd ibn Thabit received 100,000 gold dirhams for that. Later on, Caliph Uthman declared the compiled version of the Quran the only correct one. As for the rest of the versions, meaning all the records which people preserved, written on palm leaves, pieces of leather, stones, and so on, 
he ordered to destroy it all, for which people started calling him the burner of the Quran. Moreover, it is interesting that people have noticed that the very process of how everything was done, when a certain set of records was collected and edited, while everything else was declared heresy. All this greatly resembles what was earlier done by Emperor Constantine in his time. It is also interesting that certain testimonies of eyewitnesses of those events are still preserved, where it is mentioned that the closest associates of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, were against such versions of the Quran. For example, Aisha was against them, saying that the compiled Quran didn't include at least two surahs, while some surahs were abridged. Moreover, there is a testimony of Abdullah ibn Masud, whom Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, respected and valued as the Quran expert, and from whom more than 848 hadiths originated. Abdullah ibn Masud flatly refused to acknowledge Zayd's edition and refused to destroy a more complete collection of ayat which he preserved. As for the Sunnah, and before answering this part of the question, on my part, I would like to address my brothers with a question, which I would suggest that they answer for themselves, answer it honestly. To what extent do we really follow the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him? I mean, to what extent do our actions actually comply with what our beloved Prophet, peace be upon him, taught and was an example of. In order to understand this, I suggest that we watch a fragment of the conference Creative Society, What the Prophets Dreamed Of, where our brother voices a very interesting piece of information. As for me, personally, I cannot say that it was really shocking, but this information actually made me thoughtful. Anyone who performs the Hajj and walks around the Kaaba cannot read what is written on the cloth of Kaaba, because in order to read it, you have to move in the opposite direction. In the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, they used to walk around the Kaaba exactly in a clockwise direction, and someone suddenly decided that Muslims should not walk the way pagans did it. But the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, performed the Hajj and walked like pagans. Why Muslims are very scrupulous about which foot to step when entering the toilet and which to exit. To do as the Prophet did in this case, it is the simplest example. And in all other cases, what hand the Prophet ate with, what he ate, he didn't eat garlic, we won't eat garlic either. These are the little things. Muslims follow. I'm not talking about all Muslims here. It's clear that the majority of Muslims simply trust their religious scholars and traditions and follow them. But I'm talking about those who created this tradition. You follow in such small things, but when it comes to such inhumane things as maiming people, you no longer obey the Prophet or the circular walk around the Kaaba 
For example, the Prophet performed only one Hajj. We all know about that. He did it the way it has always been done, a millennia before, because it is a very ancient ritual. And he didn't say anything like, we should change the direction. So after the Prophet's peace be upon him's death, another ruler comes after him, some other ruler, and says, no, we must change it. We must not walk like the pagans did. You see, there is some inconsistency, that is, some logical nonsense. We follow our Prophet over every little thing, but we do not follow over important ones. I can't understand it. And after that, these are great people we're supposed to copy? I disagree. As far as I can see, here our brother has put the perfectly proper emphasis, since in reality everything that concerns little things about how the Prophet acted, his outer actions, with which foot he entered the toilet, with which one he exited, on which foot he tied his sandal first, and so on and so forth. As for all these little things, we follow them very meticulously and scrupulously. We even fight and argue with our brothers, who don't follow it so meticulously. However, concerning directly the essence itself, namely the fundamental points, in this we don't act as the Prophet said. After all, circling the Kaaba, the Tawaf rite itself as a part of Hajj, is far from being a trifle. And during his farewell Hajj, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, clearly said, People, remember my actions and the way I perform rites, because it might be my last Hajj. Yet, what do we see as a result? The Prophet, the seal of the Prophets, showed how to do it correctly, meaning in a clockwise direction. But after some time, people said, no, it is wrong, pagans did it that way, we will not do so. But if we follow the logic of those who claim that they will not go clockwise while circling the Kaaba, because pagans did so, if we just follow this logic, then we can go on saying, let us not do everything else as pagans did. For example, pagans eat food through their mouth, and then this food comes out through, well, you know where it comes out of. So, let us not do this way if we follow this logic, because pagans also do so. Hence, it is wrong. Isn't it absurd? Absolutely right. It is absurd. And when they say that let's not do the way Prophet Muhammad himself did, but we will do it the way someone told us, this is also absurd. Consequently, going back to the question, do we follow the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him? Or do we actually follow those who distort and alter knowledge for their own benefit, or rather, for the benefit of Iblis? I will repeat, it's not just an action, it is one of the fundamental actions. People have changed it, and today, while performing this circling rite, pilgrims are unable to read what is written on the cloth, on the kiswa, 
that covers the Kaaba. Moreover, they trample each other down, and some of them even die. Regarding this topic, I would like to show you a little video recorded by scientists. When deer move clockwise, they move like that for many hours, and none of them has been trampled down. Meanwhile, they still tell fairy tales to people that whoever died during this circular rite, meaning that a person died, and that's it, he automatically goes to heaven. How? If a person acts against the way Prophet Muhammad himself, peace be upon him, acted, how can he get into heaven if he actually goes against the Prophet's will, and thus against the will of the one who made him a Prophet, the final Prophet. I would like to address the keys of life, where a lot is said about this, but I will not read out everything. I'll take just a little excerpt, and here is another very important aspect of formation of the universe, which gives an understanding of what the universe represents now. Aspiration of the force of Allah for the unified, ordered form towards God set the motion of the universe from the inside to the outside and started spinning it in the right spiral, towards expansion. That's how the function of creation was set. Since the upper Paleolithic times, people symbolically depicted this movement from the inside to the outside as the correct swastika, the straight, the right swastika. In other words, as a cross with edges bent to the left. Such a swastika symbolizes clockwise movement in the right direction. By the way, in translation from Sanskrit, the old Hindu word swastika originates from the word su, it means associated with good, and suasti means the beautiful exists, good existence. Simultaneously, while spinning the universe in the correct spiral, the force of Allah gave birth to an opposing force, which started spinning in a reverse spiral inside the universe, in the direction opposite to the main direction of Allah, from the outside to the inside bringing matter together into a unified material mind, the animal mind. Thus, the function of destruction was set, an opposition to the forces of Allah. Peoples symbolically depicted this motion from the outside to the inside as the incorrect, aggressive, reverse swastika, as a cross with edges bent to the right. Such a swastika symbolizes counterclockwise movement in the left direction. That's how there appeared two directly opposite forces in the universe, the greater force, which is spinning the universe outwards, and the smaller force, which opposes it within the universe itself. 
This gives an understanding of how important it is actually to ensure that the movement of a great number of people would be clockwise, so that this movement would be directed to creation. After all, these people are united in one impulse, an impulse to express their love to Allah the Almighty. And when this impulse is directed to the right side and aimed at creation, exactly such actions are pleasing to Allah the Almighty. That is why the seal of the prophets, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, performed this rite correctly, in a clockwise direction. Therefore, we need to follow, truly follow, the way our Prophets acted, and to believe and to act according to their words. Instead of believing some people who change, distort and substitute the words of the Prophets for the sake of their own power, for some interest of theirs, and for their own benefit. Allah the Almighty actually said, mention the day He will call them and say, what did you answer the messengers? After all, He will not ask how you answered to one or another man. No, the messengers. What did you answer means how did you act in response to what my messengers brought. This is what the Almighty will ask all of us. In the Quran, Allah the Almighty appeals to all of us so many times for us to follow the Prophet, not other people, because the truth is only conveyed through the Prophets. Therefore, if we are Muslims, we must follow the Prophet, peace be upon him. Allah the Almighty repeatedly speaks about this in the Holy Quran. For example, in Surah 7, Ayat 3, follow whatever is revealed to you from your Lord and do not follow other guardians besides Him. However, you pay very little attention to our words. Next, Surah 9, Ayat 34, O you who believe, most surely many of the doctors of law and the monks eat away the property of men falsely and turn them from Allah's way. And as for those who hoard up gold and silver and do not spend it in Allah's way, announce to them a painful chastisement. Surah 22, Ayat 73, O people, a parable is set forth, therefore listen to it. Surely those whom you call upon, besides Allah, cannot create a fly, though they should all gather for it. And should the fly snatch away anything from them, they could not take it back from it. Weak are the invoker and the invoked. Surah 29, Ayat 41 the likeness of those who have taken to them protectors apart from Allah is as the likeness of the spider that takes to itself a house, and surely the frailest of houses is the house of the spider, did they but know.
Dear brothers and sisters, let us follow what our Prophet said On March 20, 2021, the event took place, which was a starting point for people to finally turn away from shaitan's lies and turn towards the truth from Allah the Almighty to that truth which was brought by His Prophets. After all, each of the Prophets dreamed of building a creative society that society where every person will be able to live a worthy life, the life pleasing to Allah the Almighty. Remember one thing, friends, now we have a chance, while the spiritual world is helping all of us. But this is the last help. Don't doubt that this is the last. All your Prophets have talked about this, about our times, in which we have the honour to live. Yes, we have the honour, because we can make their dream come true. So, as long as the spiritual world is helping us, we must take a step towards building the creative society and making the dream of our Prophets a reality, if we are humans, if we are really believers and if we truly love our God. And we must stop dividing among ourselves, stop serving people and mundane interests of certain small groups. We must remember one thing, there is no one higher than our God. And His messengers, our Prophets, wanted one thing, so we, should take an example exactly from our Prophets and listen only to them and not to people. Let's simply do what the Prophets bequeathed, love one another, really love one another, stop serving shaitan and start serving our Lord God and honour our Prophets and listen to them. This is simple.